0: Thank you for listening to the CEOish podcast with me, Taylor Graham,
1: and me, Chloe Willemson.
0: Hello and welcome back to the CEO-ish podcast. As always, we are Chloe and Taylor, and today we are both coming to you live, but not really live, from Mexico. Chloe got in Saturday, which we will get into later in our catch-up segment because man oh man do we have some stories for you guys. Um, but we are just excited to be recording in
1: person, which has always been our preference. Oh, absolutely. This week, we are back with part two in our little work from home success series, and today we are sitting down with Tatum Kelhane, who is a certified interior decorator and entrepreneur behind Redo the Zoo. We'll be talking with her about her former career in advertising, her shift to entrepreneurship and interior decorating. We'll be talking about style, color, and how you want your space to feel, and tips for people who are balling on a budget or renting, and common mistakes she sees with interior decorating. But before
0: we dive into the heart of this week's episode, which we are so excited about, we have a lot to catch you guys up on, as I said. So, Chloe, do you want to start us off? Because I feel like our stories are going to really
1: kind of start to intertwine with each other here. Sure. So for starters, I forgot to update you guys last week, but I did end up getting my phone, which is good because now I'm in Mexico. Woohoo. And she has the best camera of all of us, for sure, with the micro and macro
0: photography on that phone. She's She's the new photographer this trip.
1: Oh, yeah. We got to have like a full content shooting day. Absolutely. And we will. Oh, we absolutely will. Um, but yeah, yesterday. So today's like what day two, three of being here. And yesterday I was just out for the count dying of dehydration for a quick second. So guys drink your fucking water when you're on vacation. Yes. Especially. I think it's something that's not talked about enough,
0: but you definitely get dehydrated flying on a plane, no matter how long the plane is just because there's so much dehydration. Like they take out all of the air and then they blow the cold air on you the entire time. Um, so I usually get really dehydrated on planes. Like I, if I fly on a one-hour flight, a two-hour flight, a six-hour flight, no matter what, like my skin always feels so dry. My lips feel so chapped, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, and then when you land somewhere really hot and you have to cart around your luggage downtown like we did for a little bit because we we switched Airbnbs midway through the trip. Leon and I were down here for the week prior, and when Chloe came, we needed more space for all of us to be able to just spread out and work, considering we all work from home. And, yeah – Uh, the Airbnb overlap
1: did not work out for us in that case scenario. We were sitting outside of a gas station just chatting for like three hours waiting to get into our next Airbnb. With all of our suitcases. With all of our suitcases. Yeah, it was a good time. Oh, and also I forgot to write this in my notes, but now I'm remembering. I had a thing of orange juice in my backpack right next to all of my electronics, and guess what got busted open as we were waiting there? So fingers crossed that nothing's broken. So far my laptop's working good, my iPad's working good, word's still out of the verdict for my microphone, so we will see. I just got it, so let's hope so.
0: Yeah, we are currently sharing a microphone because honestly, you guys, Chloe and I are actually not that tech savvy. I'm sure you guys have gathered that from this podcast and how many microphone issues we have. It's kind of like a running joke. but when we record in person, it's always a challenge because neither of us knows how to hook up our microphones to make them both work on the same computer, but have her microphone not pick up my voice and have my microphone not pick up hers. Like It's just always been a disaster, so we usually end up passing the same microphone back and forth. But yeah, I uh, it's been a challenge for sure. Now we're in a room also, I should say. We're sitting right next to each other. We're crammed on a bed. This room might be echoey. The audio might be shitty. We have no idea. This whole episode is just going to be a nice surprise for us.
1: Yeah, seriously. Well, what's your
0: update, Tay? Oh my goodness. (laughs) I have a story for you that I haven't told you yet because I purposely wanted to see your live reaction, but I'm going to go through chronological order of my updates. So first, bike updates. I wanted to let you guys know that my ass and coochie don't hurt as much anymore. But I have another embarrassing bike story because Leanna and I, when we were biking back from the beach, at this point, I would like to state that we had already biked probably somewhere between six and eight miles. Like we were tired and it was really hot. And there was an elderly man who was on like his morning run, his jog, whatever. And he was running faster than I was biking, which was already mild and mildly embarrassing. But it was the fact that this man turned around and, you know, like when people throw their arms up in the end, they're just like, come on, like, what are you doing? He did that to me. And I was like, buddy, you are probably just starting your walk and I am on mile eight. Please leave me alone. So that was embarrassing. Um, More chaos that ensued. So, God, I wish Liana was in here to recap this story with me right now. But she's a responsible girl and she was working right now. But Liana and I were out for our casual late night stroll because we both work until about 5.36. So then after work, we will go out, we'll get dinner, yada, yada, yada. Well, we stopped by our favorite taco stand. Shout out, Chimpanyeka. We love you. Um, Liana's bike fell over, which wouldn't have been a problem, but her bike hit my bike. And sitting in my bike basket was my cellular device. And said cellular device proceeded to fall into the local sewer. And when I say, like, it literally phone up, like, into, like, it was swiping through a credit card machine. Like, it just went straight into the slot, like, straight down. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I think I went through the seven stages of grief in, like, 30-second time span. Um, Because at the time, like, sewers by my house, it's not the case in Mexico, um, but sewers by my house are, like, a 10-foot drop into water, and the water is flowing and would have just, like, washed it away. Like, there there was no getting that phone back. Um, so hence why I was going through the seven stages of grief. And then we shined a light down there. Well, I should say one of the workers from the taco stand who watched everything happen came and shined a light down there, and it turns out that it wasn't a real, like, sewer with water. It was just kind of one of those, like, drains where if the streets get flooded with a ton of water from rain like it's able to drain into and like flow out of the streets um but it wasn't like a flowing sewer so it was just chilling my phone was chilling on this little shallow pile of dirt completely dry definitely did crack the screen though so that's a bummer um and yeah so we had one very very nice local man who saw everything happen and he came right up to me and he was like you're going to need something to get into that. Like it was cemented down. So we had to like break into the sewer to get it. Um, And he was like, I have this tool called a barilla, which was at the time I had no idea what a barilla was, but it was literally just a giant metal pole. And this man is telling me, he's like, I don't have it with me, but if you trust me, he's like, I can go back and get it. It's going to take me about 25 minutes to get to my house and back. But I will go get it. And he was also very like, I'm not going to make you come with me to my house. That also seems unsafe. Mind you, we are also communicating in a foreign language. I speak a mad decent amount of Spanish. I would not like to say I am fluent. I would also like to add in I'm very rusty because I haven't practiced since college because I don't really have anybody to practice with. Definitely need to be downloading that Duolingo after this trip. Um but yes, so he hopped on his bike to get a, uh, this buddy, uh, his metal pole, whatever. And a large, at this point, a large group of men had kind of taken notice of what was happening, wondering why people were sitting around the sewer. And again, coming back to the fact that I speak a decent amount of Spanish. It's not proficient, but it's enough to get by. And I was eavesdropping on a couple of men were talking behind me and I could visibly hear them say the Spanish word for steal. And I was like, oh hell no. Cuz they were literally talking about like taking my phone out from under me and once the sewer got open and holding my phone for ransom for more money right in front of me. Like they didn't actually want my phone, they just wanted to barter more money with me. And I was at that point, I was just kind of like, you know, fuck you. I would have actually tipped you guys to help me get this phone back, but now you're pissing me off. So, I, being the only woman I know with the biggest balls on the planet, walked straight up to that man, looked him in the eye, and in Spanish I said, I can hear you, motherfucker and he looked right at me like he saw a ghost like turned completely white like he had the flu immediately and turned right back around to his buddies and started screaming in Spanish she can hear us she can hear us she knows what we're saying and she can hear us and then at that point I think Liana had also caught on to the fact that they were being super sus and she was like "Mm, not having it and also it's really nice to have a six foot tall black friend like I just love her so much and she's such a queen like especially when she's towering over these men but, yeah, she, like, wedged herself into the group, and she, would like, started screaming in Spanish, like, back up and, like, wait. Because they were all sticking their hands down the sewer trying to, like, grab it, and they were also sticking, like, div- different things down there. And at this point, we're all concerned about my screen. Like, please don't, please don't crack the screen. I have a screen protector on it. That's what got shattered. Like, please, please don't crack the screen any further. Um But yeah, after 25 minutes, this man comes back with his giant metal pole. There are like six men smashing this metal pole onto the sewer, trying to break the cement around it so they could lift it up. Um, I was starting to lose hope. But then they on the last like jab, they got the cement to break. This man was putting in work for me, truthfully, like he was dripping in sweat. It was so hot and he was like bashing a metal pole on cement for me but yes and another perk that worked out in my favor if you, for those of you who don't know I have like the world's smallest hands and I was the only hand that could fit down once they got it propped up enough to be able to grab my phone and all the other men who were trying to grab my phone because they did stick their hands down they're still trying to grab it even though I literally told them oh I can hear you and I will end you um so yeah that was the story of how my phone fell in a sewer into loom and i magically got it back so things worked out um and i had to pay a man 25 dollars for a metal pole but that's fine i didn't have to pay for a new phone i guess so yeah i feel like that's worth
1: it for the amount of work you put in for that
0: yeah 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 and then the last of my updates is we are just continuing to eat our way through Tulum, which I won't lie. The day that Chloe felt sick, I felt a little sick too. My stomach was very off. I definitely thought we ate something a little sauce that day, but we're good today and I'm back to feeling 100%. So
1: yeah, same. I'm feeling 100% too. So I'm excited to like get out. I was really worried. I was like, shoot, like, do I have food poisoning? Do I have the flu? Do I have COVID? Like, what the hell? Am I just going to be down for the count for the rest of the trip? So thank God I'm not. We're still being COVID safe and wearing masks and social distancing, so don't worry, y'all. But I actually do have one more update I forgot to mention. My fucking cat, Frida, I love her to death, but she is so intuitive and she knows when I'm leaving for a trip and she likes to magically get sick or get hurt or something always goes wrong. It seems like when I'm going on a trip. So didn't she start acting weird right
0: before you went to Italy with Oliver and Lake Como and all of that. And that's when you ended up taking her to the vet and she was the picture perfect bill of health. And you ended up having to pay like $150
1: just for them to see her. No, that was another time. What happened while I was in Italy. So I got Frida Spade. A few weeks. You know, they say when you get your cat spayed, I think they said it's like a two-week recovery thing. And I got her spayed like three weeks before I went. So I was like, she should be fine. And if she's not perfectly 100%, she's like going to be mainly. Also, I had Frida during this time, too. So like just wanted to put that out there. Frida wasn't just like left alone. Oh, yeah. Like all of my roommates were home and watching her. But anyway, I get a text while I'm in Italy from one of my roommates saying, hey, Frida broke her stitches open. I'm bringing her to the vet. I'm like, of course she fucking did. She didn't do it while I'm home. She had to wait till I leave. But anyway, this trip. So Friday before I flew out, I flew out Saturday morning. On that Friday in the morning, Oliver got up for work and he picked Frida up as we do multiple times every single day. And instead of being cool about it as she always is she flipped a fucking shit she like tore the shit out of his arm she bit him hard she has never bit somebody hard even if it's like playing like she drew blood in multiple spots on Oliver and we were like what the hell and so after that For the next, like, hour until I left for work, she was, like, hunched down as she was walking super, super slowly. Like, she was acting really scared. She was jumping for any sound that was made. So I was like, okay, what the hell is going on? Is she hurt? Is she, like, sick or what? Like, what is going on? Okay, so then I go to work. I come home. She's acting normal. But actually, I forgot to mention, on my way home, I went to the store to get some, you know, last-minute travel stuff. And I got Oliver some beef jerky. And Frida is so good. She never eats any of our food. So I didn't even think about it when I just set it on the counter and went in the other room. Well, we come out of the other room and there's a bag of beef jerky on the floor torn open that she had eaten. And if you don't know, cats cannot have beef jerky. There is a whole bunch of sodium in there that cats cannot have. Yeah, it's not good. So, yeah, I'm like, shit, I'm supposed to fly out of here tomorrow. Like, what if my cat has sodium poisoning? Like, what the hell? Um, she is okay, but I'm like, of course, it's always like the day before she's, it's always something. Um, yeah, I don't know what her deal is. But yep, that's
0: my update on Frida. I also have one more update before we can continue on into favorite products, because now it's time for the story that I haven't told you yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know how, um, backstory here. Liana and I are staying in Tulum. And when you fl- um, stay in Tulum, you have to fly into the Cancun airport, take a bus. It's like a two hour trip, etc. cetera. Um, Liana and I both speak the language, as I've said a few times now, and Chloe does not. So Chloe was a little nervous flying in, having to travel all the way down, take buses, communicate with people, etc. So we offered to go pick her up. No problem. Except for... Um, Liana and I waited till the morning of to buy our bus tickets and we thought it was going to be fine. We showed up to the bus station an hour early and all the bus tickets were sold out. Um, So Liana and I paid extra for somebody's like, seat I don't even know if it was if it was like somebody didn't show up and we got their seats or if we ended up like somebody was willing to just like not go on the bus so we got their seats but we had to pay extra for those tickets and we almost didn't be able to come get you so when I texted you and I said yeah we're at the bus station I was actually panicking thinking that we weren't going to be able to get on the bus to come get you and that I was gonna have to call you and tell you that you
1: had to get on the bus to Tulum by yourself (laughs) which now that I went through it I would totally be fine going on the bus by myself. But yeah, if I got that text while I was on the plane, I would have been like, shit, turn this turn this around. I'm going home. (laughs) Yeah. So that was mildly entertaining.
0: I was I almost debated telling you like the second we got there and I was like, no, this is going to be so much funnier if I could see her live face reaction.
1: Yeah, that would have seriously given me a heart attack.
0: It was giving me a heart attack because I knew I was going to have to be the one to call you and to like communicate like, hey, it's going to be okay. We're going to be at the bus station in Tulum instead of the bus station in Cancun. What you're going to do is walk from the airport to this bus stop, hand the ticket and say nothing to anybody else. Just get on the bus. Just say nothing to anybody else and get on the bus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it would have been okay if I ever come back here again. I will not make you travel four hours to come pick me up. (laughs) Not a problem, dude. Not a problem. Minus the fact that Liana and I were irresponsible and we totally need to buy our bus tickets to the airport ahead of time now. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. I also bought our tickets. Well, I was waiting for you guys to buy the ticket, which was the day of. So I bought our tickets from Cancun to Tulum the day of. And thank God we could.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Liana and I are just kind of Irresponsible when we drink, and that is the only thing I can say about
1: that. <laughs> it's all right, you know. It's all right.
0: All right. Well, those are our updates for the week. We hope you guys enjoyed. Um, moving into favorite products now. Do you
1: want me to kick it off, or do you want to kick it off? I can kick it off. Mine is the Youth to the People Superfood Cleanser. I just did a big Sephora haul, and this is probably my favorite thing that I got. Um, I love how like how bubbly it gets on my face, but I mostly love the smell of it. It is phenomenal. If you have oily skin. The Youth to the People Superfood Cleanser
0: is like the bomb.com. I have dry skin and I still love this cleanser, but I can't use it on in the winter on my like driest days just because it is a gel and it makes me a little bit drier. But the summertime, it is my go-to. It is so good. And I agree with you on the smell. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I think I have a 10% Youth to the People off code or Youth to the People code. I can throw that in the show notes. I can't promise that though; it's somewhere in my email inbox. But yes, I am an affiliate of them, and I love them. My favorite product of the week is the In Beauty Project Face Glaze. This is a product I've used for quite some time now. I don't know if I've shouted it out on the podcast, but they redid the packaging. It used to be in like a moisturizer type container, and you'd have to like dip your hands into it, etc. Now it's in a squeezy tube, and I can just squeeze it onto my face, and I love it so much more. I'm so happy they did that. Pro- um, packaging redesign but honestly this is just like a champagne-y glowy moisturizer like I wear it on no makeup days on top of my moisturizer because it kind of just feels like a rich cream that should have been there anyways but it adds a ton of glow to your face Again, one of these products, though, I will say, I'm not sure how the champagne tone would translate onto darker skin tones and people of color. So try at your own risk or look up photos and see if you can find somebody similar to your skin tone that has tried it on to see how it looks. But it is definitely in that more neutral, champagne tone and less of like a bold gold. I like it. It's pretty.
1: We should make Liana give it a try.
0: We could. We could. She's got more of a caramel skin tone, though, so it might work for her. I mean more like like Yuri's skin tone or somebody in like that darker, more cocoa tone.
1: Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah.
0: So that's, that's more along the lines of what I was thinking. Um, moving into our small business shout out this week. Am I doing it or are you doing it?
1: I can do it because I see that you also are starting off our questions. So today's small business goes to Brighton Living, a home goods and lifestyle shop for the free spirits. Brighton Living was started by Brianna Summers after years of running her own graphic design studio, which some of you may know on Instagram, Brighton Made. I love her account. I followed her for a very long time, and I know you have too. <laughs> me too. I actually put that in our little blurb. <laughs> oh, <laughs> me not reading it until now. <laughs> Brianna is such a talented designer, and we are big fans of her use of color on the podcast, or yep, on this podcast, and have been following her for years. Brighton Living's shop is filled with ethically sourced goods, and they have one major goal in mind, to brighten your world. You can shop all of her amazing, beautiful home decor at www.brightonliving.com. That's www.b-r-i-g-h-t-e-n-l-i-v-i-n-g.com. I'm not going to lie to you. My brain just actually broke
0: while you were spelling out the G-H-T, and I'm really glad you read this because I think I would have actually malfunctioned while attempting to say that myself. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, we are ready to dive into this week's episode with Tatum, and we hope you guys love. Hi, Tatum. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We are so excited to have you.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and catch up with you both.
0: I know. So I'm going to give everyone a little bit of backstory before diving into the questions. Because for those of you who don't know, Tatum and I actually graduated together. We, we did. were in the same advertising program in college, and now neither of us work in advertising agencies. <laughs> that is also true. Yes. Anyways, we really wanted to have a conversation about our spaces and our at home work environments and how they impact our creativity and productivity and our efficiency overall. And even taking that a step further, I think our spaces really impact our moods and our mental health as well. Yeah. So. Can you please start off by telling us a bit about your story and your journey from agency life and advertising into entrepreneurship and full-time interior decorating?
2: Yes, for sure. So a little bit of background, like you said, I started college not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, Knew that there was not anything bad with getting a business degree, but I didn't think anything with numbers was good for me. So I wanted something a little more creative. Um, Landed in advertising. And so I did a couple internships in advertising. Wasn't sure if it was going to end up being my full-time career, but I decided, you know what, this is what I got my degree in, so I'm going to give it a chance. So after I graduated, I moved to Arizona for a year, Um, worked at a digital marketing agency for about nine months before COVID happened, and obviously that changed all of our worlds. Um, And at that time, my lease was ending in Arizona, so I kind of had to make a big decision whether I was going to stay there and continue working at this agency, continue life in Arizona, if I was going to come back to Michigan and just kind of start my life back in Michigan as a real true adult. So I decided to come back. Um, When I moved back to Michigan, I didn't really have a plan of what I was going to do. I just decided that, you know what, I would rather be close to my family and kind of figure it out from there. So I always had a passion for design and decorating and stuff like that I actually did an internship in college with a custom home builder and I would say that was like my true first experience in the design world um, I was in the marketing side of the business so I remember I didn- that job yes yeah so I loved it I talked about it all the time um, and that was like my first experience with it didn't get to obviously do any of like the decorating or design because I was in the marketing field but I got to be surrounded by it and was super super excited about it. So, um, yeah. I came home and I was like, you know what? Now's the chance I'm young, I can do this. So, I started building my website. I basically learned as much as I possibly could from Google and YouTube about starting a business, and that's really what ended up happening. Um, I started Redo the Zoo officially in April of 2021, I'll say. So, from the time I moved home until April of 2021, it was really just me trying to figure out how I'm going to do this as a business owner and how I'm going to basically learn as much as I possibly can and just say, you know what, I'm young, I'm going to do this now. So yeah, that's really what led me to today. (laughs) I love that so much. Well, thank you. Appreciate it.
0: And one of the reasons we are most excited to talk with you is because we always love to share different perspectives on how people with completely different backgrounds break into industries that they aren't, quote unquote, formally trained in. Do you think that not going to school for interior decorating or interior design, because I know they are two different things, has shaped the way that you do business or approach the way that you work with your clients? I think so, for sure.
2: Um, I think getting that business degree was honestly super helpful for me. Um, it it really led me to be able to, I think, just have more like knowledgeable conversations with people and have a better business background. I truly don't think if I did not get a business degree, then I probably wouldn't have started my business, honestly. Um, I probably wouldn't have had the understanding or the just the guts to do it if I didn't get that business degree. Um, And I always think that you can do anything you set your mind to sort of deal. So if you set your mind to doing something, you don't need a formal education, in my opinion. It's really just go out. Yeah, just go out. And if you're passionate (laughs) yeah, exactly. You both know that if you're passionate about it, you can make it work. So, I mean, not to say that there's not going to be a lot of work involved in it, um, which you both know that as well, but you're going to have to do a lot more legwork than you would have probably if you would have had that formal degree but it's worth it in my opinion.
0: Now big question here, does mm-hmm. it give you imposter syndrome not having the formal training?
2: I will say that that does happen. I have definitely felt that in my few months of doing this. Um I think you're always going to be in- intimidated or feel like you have imposter syndrome especially because of social media. I will say um, it's really sometimes intimidating to open up your Instagram app and see all these beautifully decorated homes by these people that have been doing it for 20 years and have this formal training and all this large background behind them. But I think being young is something that you can really use as your competitive advantage in that sense. So you have so much time to learn and you have so much time to grow that I think that's been my biggest thing of trying to like tell myself, no, you have time. You have all the time in the world right now. You're only 24 years old and you can figure this out. So that's what I kind of have to tell myself <laughs> when I have those moments. It's like, you know what? I i am doing this and I, I can do it. So yeah. Do you
1: ever find yourself trying to extra prove yourself since you don't have that degree? Cause I know I do graphic design and I do not have a graphic design degree. And at times I'm like, Ooh, I really want to sound like I know what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah, I think when I first started meeting with clients, I definitely wanted to be able to prove myself. But at the end of the day, I just decided I'm like, you know what? I'm human too. And it's all really about that connection with people. So if you can sit there and have like a good connection with somebody and they trust you as a human being, then they're going to trust you to help them and do what's best for them in their home. So I think that's something I really had to like get over for a little bit. And the first mm-hmm. few times I was meeting with clients is like, No, like they're a human too. So don't be intimidated by them. You can do it. So just walk in there like, you know, all the things that they're going to ask and you know, every little detail about all this. But at the end of the day, you're just really forming a relationship with them and helping them um, figure out what they want for their dream home. So, yeah.
0: Honestly, entrepreneurship is a series of both simultaneously hyping yourself up and getting over yourself
1: at the same time.
0: Accurate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So if you guys go and check out her Instagram, that's redo the zoo, you will see that Tatum uses a lot of really like natural textures and neutral colors to create, in my opinion, really timeless spaces over like trendy, which I really love that. And I think you also do a really good job of balancing like masculine and feminine. They don't feel like a really girly room or like a man cave at all. So I don't know. First of all, how would you describe your decor? I want to say farmhouse, but I feel like that's not right.
2: Yeah. So I think there's a touch of it in there, which I know these days is like a big taboo world and like the decorating design world is like, oh my gosh, farmhouse is out of style. But to me, I think whatever you like you can make it pretty, you can make it work. And it's it's your home at the end of the day. So it doesn't matter what the rest of the world thinks. Um, but Tens yeah, also would, come and go. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So I would say there's a bit of that um, farmhouse in there. I'm a very neutrals person. I'm not a, bu- like, a bunch of color or anything like that. I do like a lot of like earth tones, um, blues, greens, browns, and stuff like that. So a little touch of farmhouse with little pops of color here and there, but I'm not I'm not crazy about the big pinks and oranges mm-hmm. and bright and colorful, <laughs> as you can <laughs> definitely tell from my Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I would say, like you said, like farmhouses kind of people say go out of style, but your style it is timeless. Like I said, mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. feel too <laughs> trendy at all. But with that being said, what are some of your like go-to pieces that you look for to kind of bring all of your spaces together that aren't like super girly or super man cavey?
2: Yeah. So I think um, it all depends on the room you're decorating, but statement pieces for me for a living room is I love to do like a statement piece coffee table. I was actually just talking with one of my clients last night and just telling him that the items that I love to search for are coffee tables, cabinets, or mirrors. Mirrors is something I also really love. I think an accent mirror can really transform a space. I think that is like, if you have an entryway with a very beautiful console table, but then you have a mirror right when somebody walks in that a big talking point. So um, yeah, those are just items that I really was talking with him last night about is super fun to find Um, a bedroom. Obviously your bed is your big focal point. So I think that's always something that you should really focus on. Or if you have a budget for that, you need to probably spend your money on your bigger pieces that are going to last you a lot longer time. And then your decor, you can change. With the season, or you can change with the trends if you want to keep up on the trends. So, I would always suggest spending the money that you have in your budget on the bigger items um, that are going to last you forever, like your couch or your coffee table or something like that. Um, So, it just It's more timeless, like you were saying earlier, too.
0: I love that. So how do you go about helping your clients who have no idea what their style is? Because I could technically be one of these people. I know you kind of touched on what your personal style is, but like, I feel like I'm someone who fits into like three different categories. And if I was working with an interior designer, I wouldn't even know where to start, let alone be able to envision what a room could look like without, you know, even know where I'm starting.
2: Yeah. And I think that's a struggle for a lot of people. And I think it's it can be a struggle for even people in the creative industry. Something that a lot of decorators and designers will like to do when they start working with somebody is they have like a questionnaire that they fill out and it's just like multiple choice questions. Or a lot of times people say, okay, this may sound weird, but when you walk in your closet, do you see a lot of pattern? Or are you more of a solid person? Do you see a lot of bright colors? Are you more neutrals? So if you are somebody that enjoys a lot of neutrals in your clothing, you're not going to enjoy a lot of color in your home because it's just not you as a person. So oftentimes the clothes that you wear yourself are going to dictate your personal style for your home. Pinterest pictures are also always very helpful too people will think, oh, I don't have a personal style. Then they start pinning things on Pinterest in a board. And then as a decorator designer, you can start to kind of piece together things that are common that they you see in all the pictures that they pinned. Um, so it's kind of our job to pull out the common themes from all those items and kind of gather them and be like, okay, so I see here that you really like this and you really like this. And they're like, oh my gosh, I never would have noticed that unless you had a, somebody else looking through all your the stuff that you pinned. So it really depends on, I would say, color is something that's really fun to start with, but also just inspiration pictures too. And then you can kind of narrow it down from there. And it's always helpful to have a second set of eyes that you yourself might not be able to identify, but having somebody else there will really help.
0: And you as a designer are able to typically find those like commonalities between all of the different mood boards and clothing and personal style once you've put all of it together.
2: Yes. Yeah. So I think that is so helpful to start with, um, with anybody is just kind of Or you can sit down and do it together and you can talk about, oh, what do you like about this picture? What do you like about this? And, or what do you hate about this? And what do you hate about this picture? Then you can kind of narrow it down from there. Um, And so oftentimes that's kind of fun to do together too. So you can kind of have that conversation and figure out, okay, they really like, they really like a lot of texture, but they don't like a lot of color. And so you can kind of go from there and then narrow it down and make a big mood board for themselves.
0: You know, I don't think anybody's ever actually said that out loud to me, but I think I am that person. I like texture, but not color. But where mm-hmm. I know for a fact, Chloe loves color, like total yeah. maximum. Well, Chloe, I don't necessarily know if I would describe you as a maximalist. I no, feel like I, I like,
1: am. I collect <laughs> things.
0: Eh, but I feel like you do it in a very like clean and organized way when you like display it on shelves and things like that. Like I've never walked into your home and been like, this is a bit much. So I don't necessarily know. <laughs> that category is
1: that actually brings me into my next question which is I was gonna say I am a maximalist and I feel like (laughs) it is a very fine line between maximalism and clutter and I find myself struggling with that a lot every now and then I like walk into my living room and I'm like wow I have way too much shit in here (laughs) so do you have any like rule of thumb or like helpful advice for someone like myself who likes a lot of stuff but also doesn't want to feel overwhelmed and unable to be productive
2: Yeah. So I think a lot of it is like, does it bring you joy? So I know that sounds weird, but like when you look at it, is it just there because you collected it when you went on a trip years ago and you feel like you have to have it, or is it there because it actually brings you joy or is there some sort of family connection to it or stuff like that? So I always like to start from there. If if it's meaningful to you, then don't get rid of it, then keep it. And then you can make it work in your space. But if you just, you got it at the target dollar section, because it was $1 or something like that, it's probably not going to bring you a lot of joy. So you can probably get rid of it. So it's all just like, really, when you're sitting there in your living room, your space, whatever is like taking a deep look at your items and being like, okay, is this really something that brings joy to my space looks good in here? And if not, then sell it, get rid of it, donate it, give it to your friend that might like it more than you. So yeah, I would just say start there and then just keep going until you have something that you enjoy. love that. Okay. So let's say a creative
1: such as myself wanted to renovate my office. I would be looking for something that like really inspires me and makes me feel extra creative when I walk into the room. So do you have any helpful tricks that you can share with our audience that would make a room more creative and inspiring?
2: Yeah, I think so. Like with a lot of creatives, obviously, I think you need to find the colors that either, if you have a really stressful job, then maybe you have muted colors in your in your office space, so that you're when you're walking in your space, you're not feeling super overwhelmed and stressed. Or if you are a creative and you want a lot of color, so you have a lot of colorful objects in your in your space just to kind of give you that motivation. Um, and I also think texture is a lot of fun for a creative person too. So I personally sit on a velvet desk chair because it brings me a lot of joy. And I think it's just something fun um, in that creative industry. So I think just you have to determine how you want your office space to feel if you want it to be a stress-free environment or if you want it to be something that you walk in and you feel super energized and motivated. There's a ton of color. There's a ton of energy in there and just kind of determine it from there and then you choose your color palette from there. And it has to be functional obviously. So that's a big big thing too. Nowadays, I think Taylor, you have a standing desk is that right at home? I am a
0: big standing desk yeah. person, but coming <laughs> to my chair, my I am very much like a Arizona desert color palette meets mm-hmm. neutrals. So mine is like my favorite earthy toned brown and its leather and I absolutely love it. So Yeah.
2: I think obviously the biggest points in your office furniture wise are going to be your desk chair and then your desk itself. So whatever is functional for you, if it's a standing desk, or if it's not a standing desk, or if it's a leather chair, that's super comfortable, or if it's something that supports your back more, or if you're like me, and you just kind of lounge around in your chair all day long, and you just want something super pretty. So whatever works best for you function wise is where I would start as well. That's good advice.
1: I'm a big comfort over cute for chairs. <laughs> so bringing it back to color for a second, if we wanted to inspire creativity and productivity in an office, like what colors specifically, because I know some colors, like I know red makes you hungry, or whatever. <laughs> like what colors would be good for inspiration and creativity?
2: I think that kind of personally depends on the person. Like To me, blues and greens are more inspiring to me. They're more motivating to me. But for somebody else, it might be like pale pinks and a little bit of orange or a little bit of yellow because yellow makes you happy. So I think it really depends on the person if they have some favorite colors. I mean, there's obviously some colors that I wouldn't want to, paint the whole room, but you can have little accent pieces here and there. Like you can have a cup for your pens and pencils that is a bright yellow or something. And the rest of the room is more neutral. So just you can add bits and pieces here and there. Like I love gold accents. So on my desk, I have a bunch of different gold accent pieces, but the rest of my room is fairly neutral. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a color either. It can be like an accent or a metal or something like that that you just add in here and there. Um, So yeah, I would say For me, I'm very blues and greens with a little bit of gold touches here and there. And if anybody that I know is listening to this they will laugh because they know how much I love gold.
0: (laughs) I also love gold. It's such a beautiful touch. I even Mm -hmm. love like the bronze splashes as well, mixed metals. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So- I feel like this could be almost an entire episode, and there could probably be an entire HGTV series run renov- or like dedicated to this. But do you have any tips for people on a budget, or maybe in a renting position? Because again, whole different ball game. And I think a lot of people in those positions, whether they're in college and limited by a dorm room or an apartment that they're renting that's been painted over at least fifty times, and they have a weird texture on their walls, or they have a landlord that's super strict and they can't change the color of the paint, and they just feel really limited by what they're able to do yes, with their for space. for sure. And
2: I think that there are a lot of people experiencing like that right now too. Like you said, this could be a whole TV series, and I think you're onto something. So we should probably start that. But um, I think for people in that sense, like I think a lot of decorating is just like dealing with your five senses. So I know that sounds kind of weird. Like, how does taste or how does smell really? incorporate with decorating and stuff like that so so like for me when I'm thinking about oh how do I want my space to feel I kind of like you're thinking about the different five senses so taste obviously I'm gonna have like my sparkly water or something like that but smell like oh you can have your coffee brewing in the background or you can have your coffee smelling candles or so for me I'm gonna have like a candle lit on my desk so that's a little bit just adds a little bit of comfort and then touch I have my velvet chair so I think just focusing on how you can bring the five senses out in your space. So if that's a blanket that you're throwing over yourself while you're while you're sitting there, that just makes you a little bit happy. And obviously sight is probably the biggest one in decorating because we're all about making things visually pretty. So if you're on a budget and you can't necessarily paint your room, but maybe you can do that peel and stick wallpaper if your landlord lets you. So <laughs> obviously run all these things past your landlord, but if you, yeah, if you're on a budget, you can get that stuff at Target and you can make a very, very pretty mural behind your computer that you're staring at the wall all day. And another thing I think is natural light is really important. So, if but if you're in a space that you don't have a lot of natural light, then get a very pretty lamp that you can set on your desk. But make sure it's not super blinding with all those LED lights nowadays that we have. So, I think there's just different ways that you can incorporate, like I said, the five senses. And it sounds weird in decorating, but those are really what determines our mood and makes us happy. So if you kind of run through the five and figure out these are the five things that make me happy and you bring that to your office space. And it doesn't mean it has to cost a lot of money. It can literally just be moving your desk in front of the in front of a window. So you get a little extra light or having a soft throw that matches the, the rest of your room, but it brings you comfort and joy with and then you have a candle that smells great in your favorite coffee or your fireplace is going or something like that. So it doesn't have to be things that necessarily cost money, but just kind of bring you joy and make your room a little happier while you're sitting there for eight hours on your computer all day long. (laughs) All right. So are there any common
1: mistakes that you have seen in all of your interior decorating experience that if people tweaked it
2: would change the way their space felt? I, yeah. So I think a lot of ones that often you see are people's rugs are too small for their space or something like that. So it makes their space just look a little bit off kilter. So often like a big rule of thumb is you want at least like the front of your furniture, of your big pieces of furniture to at least sit on your rug or they hang their curtains too low. So it looks like their, their room is really crouched down or their pillows are not the right size on their bed or just just things like that. There's little things. Honestly, if you just Google the biggest design mistakes, there's a million things that you can change about your house that are not going to cost a lot of money and could be quick fixes. And then you're going to be like, oh my goodness, my house looks way more put together than it felt just a half hour ago. So there's a lot of little things that people don't notice about their own living space. But then once they start making these changes, they're going to feel a lot better about their home.
1: Once I started hanging my curtains a few inches higher than the window, it looks a lot better now.
2: Yeah, yeah. You don't feel like you have to like you don't you drag on the like floor. Your curtains are going to fall on you, or the ceiling is going to come yeah.
1: down. On you. <laughs> yeah, feels a little bit bigger in here. Yes. <laughs> I also I went through a
0: phase with like the color gray, and then all of my curtains were gray, my bedding was gray, mm-hmm. everything was gray, and it was terrible for yeah. my mood. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think
2: when people they latch onto a color, often too, like you said, like they're like, oh my gosh. Like, this is the color that's super in right now. I need to buy everything in it. And then they bring it home and they start decorating their room or their their living room in it. And they're like, wow, it is just one big blob of the same color. There's no difference in here. Or they, they decorate with everything the same texture too. So they're like, wow, everything looks the exact same. So once you start mixing, and it's okay to mix, like you don't have to have everything the same. Um, once I think you let yourself do that, it opens up a whole new world and you're, you'll you feel a lot better too.
0: I'm suddenly having flashbacks to when my dad let me redo my room at the age of like 12 or 13 and I painted the walls on oh, yeah. green because that was the color that was in and then until i redid my room again at i don't know if i was 18 or 20 sometime within that time frame i was definitely in college at this point but all of my photos on facebook used to be so yellow because it was just lime <laughs> green in my bedroom
2: i feel like that was definitely a thing lime green and like hot pink was definitely mm-hmm.
0: oh, hot pink bedding with the yep. zebra to say lots of zebra speaking my love language yeah,
2: for sure <laughs> Yeah, let's not do that again. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I was inspired by anything and everything, Libby Lou. Thank you very much.
2: Reliving the days.
0: (laughs) All right, it is time for our favorite question ever. What is your favorite self-care item Mm. under $50? This
2: is a good question. And honestly, I will say from you two doing this, I get a lot of good tips, so.
0: (laughs) I love that. That is the first person that has actually told us that. Thank you so much. It is true. I
2: will look at them like, ooh, I need to add that to my shopping list. Um, I think my favorite one is the Capri Blue Volcano candle. I love, Ooh, absolutely love the smell one. of that thing, and if I could have a million of them just going throughout my house all day long, I would be a very happy person, so. You heard it here first. <laughs> Candles are awesome. Yeah, they're going to be, like, out of stock now, so I'm not going to be able to get them because I just said that, but.
0: <laughs> it is the ultimate home influencer. Yes. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can our audience keep up with you online and find all of the amazing work that you've been doing as well as work with you?
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you both for having me. Um you can find me on Pinterest, on Facebook, and I am probably most active on my Instagram at redo the zoo. Um I also have a website that's just RedoTheZoo.com. so everything is underneath that same handle, redo the zoo. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. I hope you enjoy the rest of your time in Mexico.
0: All right, you guys, that is it for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, we love you so much. Be sure you are following us over on Instagram at Podcast. We always post
1: polls and episode updates and info about our guests over there. It's a great time. You should definitely check it out. And you should follow us on our personals, of course, at chloew.art and at taygrambiz. Make sure you're subscribed to CEOish wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're an Apple podcast listener, be sure to give the show a five-star review. It really does help us out and we read every single one. And We will see you CEOs in the next episode. Bye.